Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon online, wherever you may be tuned in. We're happy to have you on another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Got a great show for you today. Jody Lott's in the studio with me. Here in Hattiesburg, we're about to uh, join Patrick McGee down in New Orleans. Justin Harris from Dickey's Barbecue on the show later. Before we get started, though, two quick things. I want to thank Dickey's for their support of our show. We'll be talking more about Dickey's later in the hour. Great place for you to cater, a holiday function upcoming. And we want to say happy birthday to a very dear friend of ours and Jody Lott, a massive Southern Miss baseball fan. Larry Warren is 70 years old today, the youngest 70-year-old man I know. That's for sure. Great supporter. Happy birthday, Larry. Glad to uh, glad to wish happy birthday to my good friend, Larry Warren. All right, Patrick McGee from uh, NOLA.com joins us from the Crescent City of New Orleans. And, uh, well, Patrick, as you well know, a lot of rumors swirling around a, a Louisiana State football player, their former quarterback, uh, and all this talk about the possibility of him coming to Southern Miss. You have a rather sobering view of that. I'd love to hear you share it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's certainly worth trying to get Miles Brendan. I'm not saying it's an impossible uh, uh, task. I mean, it's uh, to get to, to reportedly get him on campus is, is you know is a good step by Will Hall and company. To, uh, there, it makes sense to go out and get a guy, a transfer, an older guy that can come in and immediately play quarterback and and get the passing game rolling. If they get Miles Brennan, I mean, shoot, he's, you know, he's your preseason conference USA uh, player of the year. He's that type of a player. Once, if he's healthy and on the field, uh, he, he battled through some injuries uh, uh, at LSU. But uh, if he's healthy and good to go, that's a big ad. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, Nebraska and a fair amount of other programs that would be happy to have him. And, uh, you know, a chance to play behind some offensive lines that are well-established and, and all that, and of course, Southern Miss. You know, adding Sam Gregg is is a big step in the right direction, getting the offensive line playing well. But uh, you know, Miles wants to go in the situation where he can have time to throw and, and get it out there. And, and the Southern Miss offensive line just gave up far too many sacks. Luke, yeah, I, I guess the situation I'm watching is is that you know it seemed as if Pittsburgh was possibly in the mix for quarterback. Nebraska mm-hmm. was obviously they grab uh, Nebraska grabs Mark Whipple and pulls him over to Nebraska from Pitt. And then kind of the rumor swirling is that, that that's where Radler's going to end up. From you know from Oklahoma, he's going to end up yeah. at Nebraska. And I guess I guess that situation would help Southern Miss. And, and I guess if you're Miles Brennan, to your point, you're looking at the offensive line because the skill players are there, um, we believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of the Mississippi connections, you got to feel like Will Hall would have. The, the very fact that we're talking about this, Patrick, speaks of how relationally connected Will Hall is in the state of Mississippi. Right. I mean, they haven't, you know, Southern Miss traditionally has had a hard time bringing in transfers at the quarter. I mean, there's no, I mean, you had uh, Jack Abraham, but that was somebody that, I mean, he had very close ties with Jay Hops 
but over the years, it's it's not been easy for them to kind of add that really impact guy. The obvious, the guy that's really produced elsewhere. Um, it's you know, it's it's it's. It, it would be a big deal if Will Hall can really kind of build the quarterback position at Southern Miss into something that, you know, it it builds that tradition. It shows that they can develop quarterbacks consistently. I mean, you've had Nick Mullins and Austin Davis and guys that really popped in and played well. Uh, but if, if he can consistently be good at the quarterback position, the more likely you're going to have a chance to bring in a Brennan or something like that. Somebody. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it makes perfect sense to go after a guy like Miles Brennan, and it's a good sign if they've already got him on campus. It's just going to be a tall task to get him there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Sam Gregg, and and it, it's just an upgrade uh, from a relational standpoint. From a he's run this system for you know a decade, kind of uh, you know outside of Mississippi. You know th- this is a you would think in some ways because of the the facilities Liberty has. I mean, that's a big get. And, again, if it's not for Will Hall and the relational connection, Sam Gregg doesn't come to Southern Miss. No, that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a huge deal uh, to get Sam Gregg uh, to bring him in. And, and really, the offense, you know, losing uh, Kennedy, the, the guy that he was bringing from Tulane to Arkansas, he was offensive line coach at Arkansas this past season. And uh, it was kind of a – it was you know, I know Will Hall had that relationship with Darvo, but it, it really wasn't the plan. Uh, it, but to bring in Greg is just a major, major step in the right direction uh, for the offensive line and really the offense as a whole. I'm sure he'll have a major, you know, uh, Will Hall is going to continue to call plays from what I understand, uh, but he'll have a huge say in developing game plans and getting that thing rolling every Saturday. So uh, it's it's really a huge step in the right direction and, and really just makes that offensive staff really kind of fall into place and make sense as a group uh, for Will Hall going forward. Patrick, I'm going to go back to the quarterback situation for just a minute because it seems to me in all this hubbub that the name everybody's forgotten about is Trey Lowe. And that's all we heard yeah. all summer going into the fall. What a great what a great looking kid he was, how he was going to be the man. He gets injured early on, and now it's like nobody's talking about him. What, what do you know about his situation? Well, I mean, I don't know anything really about where, where he stands going forward. I just haven't been there to, to follow it. But, I mean – uh, I mean, I would expect, you know, I don't see him being in a position to really go elsewhere, and, and you know, unless he goes to FCS or something like that, uh, you know, and he he's already kind of up there in the years as a college athlete, uh, so it may make sense for him to stay put. I, I don't see why not. I mean, uh, for him to hang around, he's going to have a chance to see playing time this year. Uh, if he stays around Southern Miss, of course, it just depends on how the quarterback's situation plays out. Uh, we all saw mm-hmm. uh, what happened this past season. I mean, somebody's going to go get dinged up or hurt or something. So I, I would think Lowe probably, in my mind, it would probably be wise for him to stay where he's at right now. And uh, maybe another year in the system he can improve as a passer. His, it's just that lack of consistency as a passer. He's got potential there. Uh, but as early in the season, he just, you know, he just didn't take off. Uh, maybe at some point he can get that consistency, but it just hasn't been there for him yeah. yet. Yeah. All right, Patrick, let's talk a little Saints. Um, I haven't given up as far as because this is normal. I mean, Bob's, you know, accustomed to this. Before there was Sean Payton and Drew Brees, there were seasons like this every single year. Uh, five and seven would be considered good in some years. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, Taysom Hill back now, still having problems with his, his finger. It looks like Alvin Kamara is going to play against the Jets. Is that right? Right. Yeah, that's the, the expectation. He's going to be full go. Uh, Mark Ingram's a big question mark right now because he's on the COVID list. 
<laughs> it's just it's been the whole season for the Saints. One guy's back and one die, one guy's down. Uh, but it's it's Taysom Hill with a banged up finger is less than ideal. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's underrated as a passer, but for him to be not 100%, that's really going to, you know, I just don't see how he's going to take off as a passer. But they can beat the Jets running the football with Hill and, and Kamara. Uh, but, again, the Jets have been scoring points. They're going to have to go up there and probably put 31 on the board at least, I would think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a less than ideal situation, and, I think Peyton would be wise if, if Hill's not right. He's probably going to have to go to yeah. to either Simeon or Book. What What is the, the chatter about, you know, Jameis uh, in, in the offseason? And, I mean, what are they going to do quarterback-wise? Is there any early chatter? Because there's been, a, I guess, a clamoring for for them to go to end Book. But, I mean, are, are they looking to draft a, a waste, an early pick on, or not waste, but invest an early pick in a quarterback? Or are they going to, you know, settle in on one of these guys? Well, I mean, I think Winston's probably earned himself a chance to get strong consideration for the job next year when he played early in the season, but I see it as wide open. Uh, I, I think the Saints could go a whole, a whole lot of different directions, whether it's in the draft or go out and try to get somebody like a Russell Wilson. Uh, it's, you know, it's to me, it's just who, who the heck knows right now, and I think that's the way Sean Payton and company are looking at it. Uh, they're going to go into offseason and see how free agency goes, and if they have to, they'll go into the draft. But, if, you know, if they don't land that big free agent, I would think they'd probably try to go back to Winston next season. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's a whole lot of different things. and There's going to be a lot of reporting to be done on the quarterback position. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a weird deal this year, and uh, you hate to go into the offseason again with uncertainty. It's such a crucial position. That's, that's what the Saints are going to face. All right, Patrick, you heard it here first, and you're a sports writer, so you can imagine the storyline here. The Super Bowl will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. Is that a storyline or what, Patrick? Well, oh yeah, that's you know New England's good. I mean, they're a good football team, and Mac Jones has really been ideal as a first-year quarterback in that system and Belichick's system. He, they really knew what they were getting. From what I understand, Mac Jones was number one on the Saints board as a quarterback as well. Uh, so I, I think the experts kind of got it wrong on Mac Jones coming in, uh, at, you know, in terms of who was the best quarterback or who was, you know, I, I, they just not too many guys really just pointed to Mac Jones and said he's a, a surefire, you know, starter in the NFL, and obviously he is. So yeah, that'd be a hell of a game to to, to watch. And heck, I don't know who wins it. If I had to pick right now, Bob, I'd pick the Patriots. I, I can't believe you, Bob. You you left out such an iconic franchise to win the Super Bowl. Well, they're a year or two away. He he's referring, of course, to Washington, but they're a year or two away. It's I'm telling you, New England and Tampa Bay. Patrick, thanks, buddy. Sure thing. Y'all have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about my favorite Southern Miss topic, Golden Eagle Baseball. Jody Lott's in the studio with me. We've got lots to share with you about Golden Eagle Baseball next. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, glad you're with us. I want to thank Patrick McGee for joining us in the first segment of the show today. Always interesting to talk to the professor who now resides in the Crescent City of New Orleans. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
Uh, it's Christmas. That means it's time to make a visit to Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street. They're open Monday through Saturday for your shopping convenience. Got a great selection of Christmas apparel, Southern Miss style, in stock. And, of course, you can also shop them seven days a week at campusbookmart.net. Justin Harris from Dickey's Barbecue will be joining us uh, later in the program. But right now, Jody Lott uh, joins me here in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. We're going to talk a little Southern Miss baseball, which we always uh, enjoy doing. But, Jody, you were just looking down the roster. Uh, another talented baseball team coming back. I, I was reading earlier this week, six kids in fall practice throwing in the mid to upper 90s. And uh, virtually every uh, field position, uh, except for one coming back from last year's uh, very good baseball team. And you just pointed out only one senior on this talented baseball roster. That's right, Bob. I just noticed on the roster uh, going down it, uh, one senior. I knew we were we were young, but not that young. Really young. And, you know, we were talking uh, in my office before the show. Uh, even though they came up one game short, we really saw a lot of – we saw a lot of babies really step up to the plate, no pun intended, against Florida State and Ole Miss uh, in the Oxford Regional and uh, gotta help the gotta help the team coming into this year. It's got to you. What you witnessed last year in the Oxford Regional, uh, some of these young guys grew up right in front of our eyes in that regional. Uh, kids that through the year had kind of been inconsistent and that sort of thing. And that weekend, you could tell the hard work had paid off, and uh, they really looked great and grew up. Now, the one senior we should point out is Gabe Montenegro, but as we were talking with Luke, he's more of a senior citizen at this point. He's been here for like 21 years. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I heard he was filing Social Security next week. I, I could see that, yes. Even now his baby brother's even on the roster. I just hope he's as fast as Gabe. <laughs> well, you're really, you're really, that's a Christmas <laughs> and, wish. There. And, they're, and also, you know, they're moving Gabe to center field. Right. So which will open up left field of – Hopefully, for one of these young guys to step up. Yeah, and we got a lot of a lot of kids that'll compete for that. All right, uh, we get the we get the baseball season kicked off uh, every year with the banquet. I know you don't have an exact date, but toward the end of January, talk about that a minute and how important that is to the program. Well, the dugout club was started uh, many years ago by our friend Ben Willoughby. Uh, it's more or less a fundraiser to help the team. Uh, it's it's separate from the athletic department. Back years ago when we had travel on the road, uh, we were putting three and four guys to a room apiece. Uh, so Ben came up with the idea to start the dugout club. Uh, over the years, it's become well-established. We have 400-plus at the dugout club banquets, and it supports anything from upgrades on the field to the warm-ups that the guys wear, buying them extra clothes and that sort of thing, just anything to help the program out. So you'll be announcing that pretty soon? Yes. I, I would look for the last weekend in January. Okay. Uh, the Eagle Hour, as you know, is working with Melissa Socher at Keith Co. Superstores and Mississippi Made and more. And we've got a raffle fundraiser going on uh, for Coach Palmer. Uh, we're going to have her back on the show tomorrow. We're, we're right at $20,000 that we've raised. Uh, we're hoping to have uh, 25000 or more. Uh, you know, in place by opening day, we'll be making the uh, final announcement on opening day and awarding the money uh, to Coach Palmer's family. Uh, you and I got an email, I think a lot of people did this morning, from Coach Barry, kind of reminding us all about Coach Palmer here uh, as the holidays approach, Jody. Uh, yes, he sent out the email. Uh, Coach Palmer is still at the 
uh, landmark nursing home of Collins, and he asked uh, everybody that could. Uh, Coach Palmer loves to get stuff in the mail. And if you'd like to send him a Christmas card, the, the address would be 1315 South Fur Avenue, Collins, Mississippi, 39428. All right, repeat that one more time just so we'll give people an opportunity to write it down. Landmark of Collins. 1315 South Fur Avenue, Collins, Mississippi, 39428. And we encourage everybody to pick up a Christmas card, jot a note, a Merry Christmas uh, to Coach, and uh, and send that up there. It would brighten his day, and he would love it. Right. All right, Luke, what you got for the mayor of the roost here? I want to correct the record uh, a couple ways on these velocity leaders. We actually uh, went back and did a little more research. There's actually, I think, 10 guys that threw 93 and up. This was actually uh, the, the one I think y'all are referencing is the, the six. It was later in the fall, but I went back and looked. Week four of fall ball, we had 10 guys throwing 93 to 97. Hunter Riggins, uh, Maza, and Dustin Dickerson all hit 93. Dalton Rogers, Garrett Ramsey hit 94. Gillentine, Chandler Bess, and Blank Weehunt hit 95. And then Hurston Waldrop and Tyler Stewart hit 97. Um, that this is probably from a velo perspective, Jody, the uh, the most that we have ever had as far as being able to sit mid nineties. Uh, and the and the impressive thing about it, Luke, is there is we're deep. I mean, it, it's not just one or two uh, that we've seen in past years. When you when you've got numbers like that, you've got many options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one pitchers, if I counted right. And, uh, you know, I wonder if, you know, Coach Oz has to pay off some of the other coaches so that he can get a little more pitchers. But, I mean, you talk about – what I got excited about, and Bob, Jody and I were talking about this yesterday, was some of these guys got thrown into the fire immediately. You know, like we talked about the Oxford Regional. But Blake Weehunt going in, not having the greatest appearance against Ole Miss, but the offense coming back and rebounding. And, you know, we, we gave up a three spot. We came up and hit them with a four spot. But those guys being thrown into that situation where you just nerves to the wind. I mean, you just got to eat it. But but I feel like, you know, we're going to have such a an amazing combination of guys because Tanner Hall is going to run out there with that – that 92, 93 mile an hour two seamer fastball that's going to run four to five inches on right handed batters. And then you're just going to bring heat in with like Waldrop and Stewart. You know, Drew Boyd's going to do his thing. I mean, there's just so much. You look around all these pieces, it's just kind of everything that you need for situational baseball plus dominant starting pitching is, is in this uh, pitching rotation and bullpen. No question. And let's, let's be honest here, guys. You take the top 25 to I don't know, maybe 40 Division One teams in the country every year, and you look at position players, everybody can beat anybody. Very Everybody's true. equal. But the difference is who has the depth at pitching. And uh, Luke makes a great point. Maybe maybe this year, we I think we saw it really last year. Uh, this year, perhaps even more, is pitching depth. Well, as we witnessed in the Ole Miss Regional last year, uh we had some newfound depth that performed very well, and the biggest thing, Luke, going forward, is that was a big confidence builder for a lot of these kids. And uh, if if some of these kids, that's all they needed is just some confidence and uh, be prove well down the road. Yeah, and and I think you're going to see even in the college level some of the things we started seeing in the major league. Southern Miss did it in midweek games where it's just a 
It's a Johnny Holstaff game, and you literally we did it against Alabama. You put a different arm out there every single inning, and it's hard, you know, for them for them to adjust. It kind of defies conventional, you know, century old baseball wisdom, but but it works. Offensively, um, I think one of the guys that we're going to see early on is Creek Robertson, and I think that's going to empower Dustin Dickerson to be able to pitch more um, than than what he did last year. Robertson from Madison Central, and another guy that I'm excited maybe fills in that um, you know that left field spot is Carson Pate. So he redshirted last year. Big kid, 6'3", 209, out of Van Cleve, Mississippi. Batted 429 um, at Van Cleve, and and I think they won a state championship while he was um, down there. But he, he's a guy that can provide mid-power and, and just developed. And I think everybody this year, Jody, is ready to see what Slade Wilkes does with a full year of, of plate appearances. Uh, Bob and I discussed Slade earlier. Uh, Slade, of course, last year was a freshman a little inconsistent. I just think he had some growing up to do, and I think we'll see a whole different ball player this year. He had Matt Walner strength from the oh, no point. doubt, no doubt. He could go toe to toe with Matt any day of the week. Yeah, he hit when he hit it when he connected with it. It was like a Walner moonshot. The second it left the bat, there, it was a no doubter where it was going. No doubt. Yeah, I'm excited about him too, Luke. I, I think this kid could be a big, big offensive uh, machine for the Golden Eagles this year. He was, he was clutch, too. I mean, you think about two home runs that he hit. One was in the conference tournament. I mean, he just has when, – when you walk up to the plate in that moment and you do what he did, I mean, that's that's the stuff that, you know, lives in lore in, in Golden Eagle baseball. And you just know with a guy like that, any any pitch, not just a home run, but, you know, there could be a, a, a double in the gap or something. So that type of excitement will be, you know, when – where – Coach Barry decides to put him in the order. I think this is going to be a fun lineup with with Sargent back, with Montenegro back. How does Blake Johnson improve in his bat? You throw Poncho in there, and then you got some guys like you know like Brady Faust and, and other guys like that. Charlie Fisher, who's just a, an on base machine. I mean, yeah, I, I I think we we could be really really good. Luke, it's a it's a good problem to have when you have to worry about finding places to put somebody. <laughs> That's for sure, and it's. And it, and I, I'm just I've left out Danny Lynch. I mean, it's just like all these guys coming to my head. I mean, it's so much experience. I, I, it'll be a very, very, very unique blend of youth and yet experience in that. Shame youth. on you to leave Pimp Lynch out of that. What's the matter with you, Luke? You well, forget I, that oh, losing. Paid a lot of answers. money for that jersey. You, oh, you, so I can occasionally. <laughs> all right, Jody. I wish it was starting tomorrow morning. That's I'm my ready. regret. I'm ready. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys. Justin Harris next. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. You know, one of the great things about uh, co-hosting the Eagle Hour are the friendships that we've built up through the years. It was about four years ago uh, that we started this show on the Super Talk Radio Network. And I do remember very clearly that the first two people that I went to talk to about coming on board as sponsors were Dickie's Barbecue Pit and First Bank. I'm happy to say that both of them remain uh, sponsors of the show today. We've developed great relationships with both. And uh, 
none better than our good buddy Justin Harris, who is the owner and one of the owners and operators of Dickie's Barbecue, Fuzzy's Tacos in Hattiesburg. And Justin, uh, much appreciate uh, all that you've been to the Eagle Hour, and Merry Christmas to you. Bob, uh, the feeling mutual. I appreciate the uh, chance to uh, be a part of this and enjoy the ride with y'all. And uh, Merry Christmas to y'all. Hope y'all had a uh, good Thanksgiving and looking forward to a good Christmas. Same here. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit this afternoon about Dickies. Uh, you know, all of us eat at Dickies, and everybody, everybody without and throughout the community knows about the good food that you can enjoy with Dickies. I'm not sure, though, that that uh, that everyone knows about the catering business that your restaurant does. I know you've catered several baseball functions for me through the years, and uh, and everybody that participates in it loves it. Luke always finds his way. Uh, to the suite when he knows Dickies is there that weekend, and, and I don't blame him. It's it's good stuff, isn't it, Luke? It really is, and and it's incentive to go hang out with y'all. But see, Justin, here's what they do. I never find I have to find out about it through the grapevine because they really don't want to <laughs> let me know that. That's usually how it works. They try to keep it a secret from you, huh? That's exactly right. Talk a little bit about the catering uh, function that Dickies provides, Justin. I know we're coming up here on the holidays and. A lot of people are going to be having uh, family get-togethers or, or maybe church meetings, uh, bi- things for their employees at their business all through the New Year's. And, and really throughout the year, Dickies can cater any of it, whether it's a baseball weekend tailgate or an office party. You're exactly right, Bob. I mean, we say it, um, you know, big or small, we can do them all from, uh, you know, if you got anything under 10 or 10 to 1,000, you know, we have multiple options. You know, we have our XL family pack, obviously. It's going to be three pounds of meat, four sides, more medium sides, and eight rolls. You know, it's usually for six to eight, and we have a few smaller pack options if it's under 10. But, you know, for our catering service, and like you said, man, we've done weddings, graduations. I know that's crazy, but weddings, graduations, rehearsals, games, picnics, anything uh, you can think of for tailgating. I mean, barbecue really does uh, travel for any catering event, Um is what we said. We try and make it as easy as possible. Uh, several different options, like I said. So we have our regular buffet, our classic buffet that include two meats, three sides, rolls, tray, setup, paperware, tea, the whole nine yards. Plasticware, you know, it, you know, we want to make it to where if you call and you need us to cater, you really don't have to do anything. But, you know, we have other options that aren't as inclusive uh, uh, where you can just pick it up as well and bring it. So really, we can mix and match and do anything, and that includes you know any of our meats, any of our sandwich box lunches, desserts, or anything. So uh, it's just really open, and we want you know we can specialize it to uh, any event. So uh, um, we're really open and uh, and able to help and uh, in any different situation. Here's what I found with baseball, uh, Justin. We, we'll set it all out on Friday night. And man, we'll just all pig out and eat all night. And then what? And there's so much that we'll. Put it in the refrigerator at the end of the game Friday night. At lunch on Saturday, we're breaking it back out, warming it up, and it's just as good the second day. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a common theme for most people, and so they always, as long as they've got a little extra sauce, they always want to do that because <laughs> the leftovers do real well. You know, when I was a kid, listen, I my mom cooked on Sunday for us, and we ate leftovers the rest of the week. So, uh, right, right. you know, it doesn't bother me to get it fresh on Friday and eat it for for the weekend. That, that's what's great about the uh, the Dickies website. There's actually reheating instructions that have a link. There's heating instructions. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's if if it gets cold like that, they tell you how to do it. Um, Justin, one thing around the holidays, my uh, my mother in law 
in my stocking, she will always put a few little gift cards. And uh, I saw this on the Diggy's website right now. If you buy a $25 um, e-gift card, you get a $5 bonus card. And, and people can come in and, and buy those. You know, it, it works out to be two or three free lunches. People can come in and, and pick up one of those. It's great stocking stuffers, the, uh, the gift cards and gift certificates you guys sell. Absolutely. You know, we actually, um, believe it or not, our store is one of the top uh, gift card sellers uh, in the it, throughout the Dickies Barbecue system. We do a competition every year for that. But, yeah, we really encourage you. It's a $25 gift card. You'll get a $5 off um, um, coupon. So, they re- I mean, they really make good uh, stocking stuffers. And um, you can also add a retail uh, a rib rub or a little barbecue sauce as well, like for a little gift basket. So we've got – there's all kinds of options that uh, – not just a gift card, but they can go along with a little uh, barbecue sauce or our uh, rib rub that we use in in house. Right. What is the origin of, of the of the Dickies operation, Justin? Can you share with us where did where did where was Dickies created and what's the history of the company? You know, we've been you know our store. You know, we're a franchise unit. Uh, they're based out of the Dallas, Texas. Uh, Mr. Dickey, um, they're a third generation family run company still right now. The grandson's uh, in charge. His dad still makes appearances. But um, out of Dallas, Texas, in 1941, started franchising uh, right there in the Texas area in the uh, in late ni- in the late 80s, early 90s, and then just sort of grew it uh, from there. And now there's multiple brands and multiple uh, things, but they still make it, you know, where it's home, you know, like, you know, we still know the Dickey family personally, Christmas cards is one of those. So based out of Dallas, Texas, but, uh, you know, they're in different countries now as well. So it's about 500 units nationwide. So there is an actual Mr. Dickey. There is an actual Mr. Dickey. Absolutely. And it was started. And then to this day, the family owns it. The family still owns it. Absolutely. All right, Luke. So tonight, if if you were going to be treated to Dickies, what would you order, Luke Johnson? I am a I like the Westerner. I like the sandwich, um, and I I get everything on it. I get the onions on it. I get the pickles on it. And uh, sometimes, you know, they have these kind of little secret menu items. And there's something that we have it up here in Jones <laughs> County, Justin. It's called it's it's a sloppy fries, and basically it's that waffle fries, and they put different stuff on it. And uh, man, it's it's fine. But yeah, if I'm going in, I'm going to get a Westerner, and I'm probably going to get fried okra. And I'm probably going to get loaded uh, mashed potato casserole, baked potato casserole, and I will take the spicy barbecue sauce and put it on my okra, and it's phenomenal. Is that right? <laughs> well, you know, if I were going to pick, I, I would have the okra. You took the words out of my mouth, the okra and the uh, baked potato casserole, but I'm a brisket man, uh, Justin, and I don't think anybody cooks it any more tender or tasty than you guys. What's the secret? Low and slow. <laughs> low and slow. <laughs> low and slow. Yeah, it's cooked overnight, all night, uh, low temperature, and it it really is when it's done right. You know, there's an art to it as well. That brisket, I mean, 30 minutes too early, smoker, 30 minutes too late, and, you know, it's not the same. So, I mean, we have a few little tests that we do, you know, that's passed down for Mr. Dickey that we do just to make sure it's just right. Now, there's some human element to it, so it's not always just right, but uh, we do the best we can with it. But, that, Bob, I'm the same. If I had to choose, I want a two-meat plate with brisket and ribs. Yeah, no, no question about that. No question. But I got y'all, y'all didn't give me an option of like multiple meats. You just said the one thing, so I wasn't. I mean, shoot, yeah, I'm getting two meats. I mean, there's no question at all. <laughs> well, there's nothing better than the brisket, my guys. I got to tell you what, man, that stuff is that. You just break that off with a fork, and uh, 
put a little sauce on it. It's it's pretty much uh, meat heaven, Justin. You're exactly right. It's uh, it's definitely you know. And the funny thing is, when we opened 15 years ago, it's it, it, we're in a pork area. You know, Texas is more of a brisket area, but you know, with the Memphis and the Carolina influence in Mississippi, is more of a pork. We used to sell probably eight to one um, pork butts compared to to brisket. Now. It's um, it's very rare that we sell um, less um, brisket than pork on a day. It's just changed, and it's the, the to see it what it's done over fifteen years. We sell more brisket than pork now. So that's your number one seller. Yes, sir. I got you. All right. Well, look, man. We always appreciate your time. Tell people how they can get in touch with you guys if they want to talk to you about some catering. All right, guys, you can reach out to uh, always to myself or Tyler at the store. Happy to help you, 601-450-1710. Or always, you know, you can go online through our website or, or and through our app. Well, Justin, Merry Christmas to Tyler and Merry Christmas to you. And, again, uh, you know, I want to just say in front of all our listening audience around the state, thank you so much for your support of our program and Southern Miss Athletics. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas to y'all, and be blessed. All right, everybody. Justin Harris from Dickey's Barbecue. And uh, now, I, let me tell you, Luke, who, Joey Hawkins just walked in the studio. And I'll bet you Joey Hawkins can get a little uh, a little testimonial about Dickey's Barbecue. Something tells me he's eating some barbecue in his life. Yes, yes, yes. Dickey's Barbecue is one of the best in town. Bob, best in town. <laughs> Dickey's Barbecue. Hey, you need to order a big catering for your company for Christmas parties. We should do that, shouldn't we? We don't have Christmas parties. We should. We do. don't. We don't even get paid, Joey. Oh. We're just here, Bob. <laughs> if Bob would plan a Christmas party, I would be there. Well, well, just any Christmas party in Hattiesburg. They need, they need to cater through Dickies. Coach, we have a party. We just don't want Luke to know. Oh, that's I got what it. it is. Yeah, I bet you don't tell Kelly either. He's the no. last person we Kelly, would tell. Is Kelly. Kelly is the party. There yeah. is no more party after Kelly gets there. All right, Eagle Hour continues. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Thursday, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. DBAT on the left, D1 on the right. Great place to train, great place to get instructed. DBAT, D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob, I was telling you, they, they got peppercorn prime rib yeah, that, that you can really get good. at Dickey's as mm-hmm. part of your holiday feast. Easy to go online and pick those catering out. All right, um, before we talk uh, a little high school football, I don't know if you saw this, Bob. Mike McCarthy of Dallas is saying, quote, we are going to win this game. I am confident in that. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get your hot take on that uh, as the, the Cowboys take on Washington this weekend. Well, all I can say is Washington's the hottest team in the NFL, only one of two teams and not lose a game since uh, October. 
they've won four games in a row, and we'll see. Cheap's talking. Uh, easy to talk, isn't it, Coach? Just got to produce on the field. That's exactly right. Yeah, so I would say it's a pretty even game, and if I were the Cowboys coach, I wouldn't get too ahead of myself. All right, so uh, let's talk Greenville Christian for just a minute. That voice you heard, Coach uh, Joey Hawkins. And, Coach, we talked earlier about these kids this year, and I think it was funny that, you know, after they beat Oak Grove, everybody just was went ahead and got, got them sized uh, for their private school 3A state championship. And uh, what a remarkable year. They did go on to, to win the state championship. And what a way to end uh, that uh, the career of some of those young men, many of them going to play Division One football. Just an incredible story. Yeah, it was, it was one of the top stories in the last oh, two decade, at least. You know, uh, a team that had been struggling in 2009, they really couldn't open the doors. Their enrollment had got down so low. And a pastor there, a good friend of mine, he kept it open. He kept it open and said, you know, he felt like the Lord wanted him to keep it. And so they basically – I mean, teachers wouldn't hardly make it anything in 9, 10, 11, and 12, uh, but they kept it open, and, and uh, they just kept uh, reaching out. And then COVID hit. They, they'd only had around anywhere from 17 to 22 players for the last 10 years in football, would win three or four games, were very successful in basketball. And uh, COVID hit, and these schools closed down, and here they come. And Greenville Christian opened their arms, and they picked up four or five really good players from Greenwood, a bunch all around them you know, the Delta area, and put together two state championships in a row. What a story. Now, Coach, you can have all the good players, and I, and I realize that's a big part of coaching success, but maybe not enough credit goes to the man that organized and directed all of that. You're exactly right. And uh, John Reed McClendon, boy, he's turned into a really nice coach. His brother coaches the defense. He's only 24. And then uh, – uh, they have a weightlifting coach who coaches receivers. That's the only three football coaches in the whole school. And what they did with this team uh, was amazing because they played, a, you know, one of the top twenty-five teams in Georgia. Played Oak Grove, and um, it was really, it was really something to watch. And came up here and beat Big Bad Oak Grove on their home field. Put that in perspective. I uh, know, and it was muggy that night in Greenville Christian. The second half, they were going out with cramps. They would stay out about three plays, come back in. But, yeah, that's when people knew, you know, uh, they they could play with anybody, you know. And uh, it's an amazing story. But I will say this, Madison Central, you know, they lost their two best players in the playoffs. They didn't have their two best players in the championship game. They played as hard and as fast as uh, any 6A uh, championship team I've seen in years. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about, and Luke, I'm sure we'll jump back in here, but all the all the championship games are here at the Rock kind of unexpectedly. But here, uh, your observation of what you saw here over the weekend. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, Southern's just a perfect venue for this, and they know it too. And and uh, Southern Miss does a great job of uh, hosting this event. And then it's great football. Columbia, right across, you know, just right great over. Great story. Yeah, great story. Our first uh, championship since they only had one, 82. So it's uh, right right at 40 seasons later, they win the state championship. Chip Builderback does a great job. And then West, everybody thought West Point was going to win. And Picayune, give them credit. Cody Stogner down there is doing a great job. And their running backs, you couldn't get them on the ground. And, uh, and then we can't leave out Jefferson Davis County, a.k.a. Bassfield. Mancuso wins. He's been, the, he's been the state championship nine times. He's won all nine. 
That that was pretty pretty incredible. <laughs> Picayune beat West Point at their own game. I mean, they they first time I've really seen Picayune ever really close out a game on uh, on defense, and and that's what they did. Hey guys, I want to close out um, the, this uh, this show today. Uh, I won't be on the show tomorrow because my bride is walking across the stage, graduating with a master's of science in nursing in a, as a nurse practitioner, family nurse practitioner, from, of all places, Bob, the University of South Alabama. Now, she's never pulled for the Jaguars, but had a great experience um, down there, has been in school the last uh, two years, took her last final on Monday, and kept and maintained a 4.0 for her entire degree. Congratulations! Um, yeah, has a uh, has a job lined up here in in Jones County. Excited about that, and she will take boards uh, over the next month, and then start as a nurse practitioner. Co- so, congratulations to Lauren Johnson, FNP. And as as you can identify with this statement, a uh, coach Lauren outkicked her coverage. When she married Luke. Oh yeah, I know. Hey, we, we no, all, it's you, the other way around. Don't yeah. don't say that. Yeah, I yeah. outkicked my coverage, Bob. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, Luke, always a pleasure. I, I'm glad I got to uh, get on the show for a minute. Yes, sir. All right, that wraps it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Coach Hawkins is going to be joining us the week of of Christmas, and we'll be talking about the top five interviews on Inside the Locker Room. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock, and until then, Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.